Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussion surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders, serial entrepreneurs, and girls just like us. In this episode of Raw and Real, Megan and I sit down to talk with Dalton Taylor. Dalton is a dear friend, but also one of the hardest working people we know. He is outgoing, kind-hearted, funny, a great time, and has a drive like no other. We dive into his transfer to the Fashion Institute of Technology, the development of his professional growth in the fashion industry, as well as his pursuit of the ultimate side hustle, New York City nightlife DJ. This episode was really fun to record, and we really hope you enjoy it. Follow Dalton on Instagram at Dalton J. Taylor to see what nights he's DJing and where. Please note that this episode was recorded in my apartment in early March before things started getting scary in New York due to coronavirus. Okay, let's get into it. Thank you for coming on today. Of course, thank you for having me. So I just want to know a little bit more about Dalton's childhood, where he grew <laughs> up, how he ended up in New York City. Obviously, now your full-time job is in fashion, but your passions also lie in the music industry. Mm -hmm. So do you want to take us back to young Dalton and what he was doing? (laughs) Young Dalton. Well, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and um, we started playing instruments, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It was really early, like kindergarten. You know, everybody starts with the recorder and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, in fifth grade they forced us to learn how to play an instrument everybody had to play an instrument so I chose the saxophone and I ended up um staying with that for oh man still the like end of high school I I stopped playing and then I also concurrently um took classical piano um for fun yeah I did that for like 10 10 or 12 years Mm -hmm. and uh that's what kind of started me off in the direction of music and liking music. I've already, I've always loved all kinds of different genres. I can mm-hmm. listen to pretty much anything. Everybody says I love every kind of genre, but they can't listen to everything. Yeah. Um, after I moved uh, to New York for school, I went to Iowa State first, and I transferred out. Um, okay. So you grew up in Nebraska. Yes. Went whole freshman year at Iowa State? or Whole freshman year at Iowa in, State. Okay. In we're, fashion. Okay, so you yeah. were doing fashion there. Yeah, they, they actually had a great yeah. program there. It, um, what made you switch to FIT? It was like the in- internship thing. Because yeah. at Iowa State, they also required you to have internships. So, yeah. um, it's I definitely mean, harder in Iowa. Right. Too. And a lot yeah. of people came out here. And you know mm-hmm. how expensive it is just to come out here for a semester or the summer or whatever. Right. And you have to bring all your stuff. And yeah. you have to you know, find an apartment. And you have to get the plane tickets and all that all that, um, yeah. like kind of logistical. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was also paying out-of-state tuition at Iowa State, too. And so once I found out I could go to FIT for the same price, it was yeah. kind of, you know, no-brainer. I was going to have to come here anyway, so why didn't right. I just, you yeah. know, start off here? Yeah. So what did you study at FIT? It was fashion, merchandising, and design, it's, but I was in the right. business school. Yeah, okay. and then the name switched later to fashion Oh, FIT? Management. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was um, fashion, merchandising, management, and then fashion, business management yeah. was my last my Same major. Yeah. <laughs> and what internships did you do in undergrad? I did 
my first was at this place called uh, PR Consulting. Oh my god, yeah. Were you there? No, but my old my old boss. Oh, okay, yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I that was kind of like my first introduction into what it was like to work in a fashion office. Uh-huh. Although it definitely wasn't indicative of every fashion office. It was kind of like what I expected. Yeah. You know what I mean? And okay. me yeah. also being in the fashion mm-hmm. business management program, I feel like there were so many different avenues you could go down in terms oh, of jobs. And mm-hmm. when I first started, I thought I wanted to be a buyer like everyone else. When you did you have a, a mindset of what you wanted to that do? That was what I wanted yeah. to do. Everybody <laughs> yeah. wanted to be a buyer. You yeah. know what I mean? Or um, uh, store merchandiser yeah. or, or visual merchandising or something like that. Everybody had, you know, one of three ideas right. that they wanted. And there wasn't even, uh, I don't even think my first year there was like, oh, you can do production or you can do PD or you can do, you know, all these yeah. different uh, different things inside of like the yeah. design office. I think mostly right. it was you can work in a magazine, you can uh, be a visual merchandiser, you can right. be a buyer. And they don't really let you. You have to figure it out on your own, basically. Yeah, oh, At yeah. the, in the beginning. I figured it out through my internships. I yeah. didn't figure it out through school, which is funny right. because it's not like they didn't like offer, offer exploratory type courses, right? Yeah, which they did, and right. I took them. But I, yeah. you know, I took them, and I still had no clue what it was like to be actually exactly. working in industries. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think too, like I went to a business school that was completely not related to fashion mm-hmm. for undergrad, but I too found that my internships helped like pave the way for what right. I wanted to do, right. and I think it's interesting that even though these schools offer these courses, a lot of times it still paints the picture of like a perfect production or PD internship is this, but a lot of times you get into the office and it's nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. So I think the trial and error is the best way of finding what you want to do. Exactly. Where did you go to school? I went to St. Louis University. St. Louis. Yeah. But so, she came here every summer. I so. did. Yeah. yeah. But I'm from Chicago. Um, but we'll get into all how yeah. Dalton and I met later. Yeah. <laughs> So then after PR consulting, you went to... I went who was your next? to... Oh, man. Elitari? Okay. I think I went to Elitari after that. Okay. No, and Helmet Lang. I went to Helmet Lang first. Yeah. And that okay. was in trim development. Um, okay. And that was the first internship where I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is really cool. This yeah. is what I want to do. Like, yeah. my uh, supervisor was extremely passionate about what she did. And, I mean, if she wasn't with me you know what yeah, I mean? yeah she's passionate and cared a lot about um about her work and how it appeared on the on the production garments mm-hmm. and you know she really cared about her step in the process yeah which was really cool because there were so many people that were working there it's a huge company you know right I mean the office isn't very big but it's part of theory like it's an enormous yeah. company they right. do so much business there's right. a lot of units going out of there like so can you talk about what trim development is for people so yeah I don't even know. It's just me and my supervisor. And she would, um, essentially the designers would say, Hey, like we like this button or we like Mm -hmm. this, you know, um, cord tip, or we like this, uh, elastic, or we like this, you know, whatever kind of trim is on the garments to say, we like this, you know, we, we want something similar that has, you know, the helmet Lang logo on it, or, you know, uh, a button that has a certain, you know, you know, special, special thing about it. And so she would have to go out to all the, uh, the, the, to the suppliers and try to make it with them. They would try to, you know, make new button dies or make new button molds or, you know, make snaps, custom snaps mm-hmm. for us, like things like that. And she would have to, 
you know, do the little artwork for them and send them to the factory. And then they'd send back a submit and then we'd approve it or ask for improvements and then, you know, go back and forth until we had this, you know, one button that was absolutely perfect for the right. design team, yeah. which was yeah. cool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because I had, you know, similar internship, mm -hmm. um, intimate apparel for product development. And I didn't realize yeah, so that was the like first time I realized yeah. how much goes into the production process. Right. But it's it. so important because yeah. those are the details that you notice on a hot couture gown yeah. that yeah. make it couture. Yeah. So that's <clears throat> cool. So that was sophomore year. That was junior year? junior year because sophomore year was okay, um, yeah. PR, right? PR consulting. And then after Helmut Lang, I did Ellie Tahari for a little bit. And that was also interim development mm -hmm. and uh, a little bit of um, product development. And then uh, after that, I went to Derek Lamb for production mm -hmm. internship, which was what I was studying at the time. Cause I only changed over into the production major, um, like my junior, senior year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so you figured out by junior year that you wanted to stay in production. Basically. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. That's good. It, was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, at that point I hadn't even had an internship in what I originally thought that I was going to do here. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't do any in internships in buying. I didn't do any in marketing. I didn't do any. So it's just like, it was weird because I came here like, Oh, really want to do this. But frankly, I don't even know what that's like because I've never even yeah. had an intern. Maybe I still want to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Never know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what do you do? What's like a day in the life now that we've graduated and what's your Monday through Friday like? Um, Actually, I work for a smaller company now, so okay. it's kind of, we do a lot of things uh, that other companies wouldn't necessarily have their production team do, mm -hmm. which makes every day different, makes it interesting, and it um, makes it engaging because I have to actually go, you know, and do do things with my hands at the factories yeah. <laughs> yeah. or make the garments myself sometimes. So it's, yeah. it's wild because, you know, um, at helmet lang one of the uh like the production team was just this one one lady and mm -hmm. she was just there controlling all of the production because we didn't i mean they didn't really have a lot of midtown production they did do some in midtown but most of it was uh was overseas so it was this yeah. one lady you know doing spreadsheets and mm -hmm. you know filling out orders purchase orders and stuff like that and she would just send it off and you know that was yeah. you know her job but it wasn't as hands-on it wasn't as yeah. hands-on as I saw I, I mean I wasn't part of that team but yeah. I, I sent you know near her and I watched her do it so it's yeah. like that was that was kind of what I expected out of production yeah. mm -hmm. but then um when I was at Derek Lamb, we did a lot in uh, Midtown as well, a lot of factories here. So, I mean, you, you go and you, you know, quality control or you go and check up on how their progress is or you, you know, go sort through the garments or, you know, if you have a problem, you have to go fix it, you know, explain right. to them how the, how the garments be made. You have to, you know, stand in front of the sewer and point things out. And so it's really hands-on. It keeps you, keeps your mind, keeps your mind straight. Mm -hmm. Because if I had never had to look at a, I mean, if I, didn't get the opportunity to look at garments as much as I do, mm -hmm. I think I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's cool because you're not just sitting behind a computer the whole right. day. Uh, sometimes it's, it is. Sometimes yeah, it, it is can that, be that, you know, too. It can be that. But, um, and so after you graduated from FIT, um, is that when you kind of decided you also wanted to get into music? I know you were always into music. Yeah, Even I when we met it. back, like, what, four years ago? Yeah, did we do a festival together? 
Did we go to Easy together? No. Oh. I wanted to come. Because Haley, Haley took me to Easy. Yeah. Haley and Daniel took me to Easy. And Sam took me to Kindergarten, which is how I met Dalton, who DJs there now. Yes. Yeah. Dalton DJs, Kindergartens. What? Every Saturday. Every, sometimes Friday, sometimes Saturday. Okay. No. But yeah, so I know you were always into music, even in college. Yeah. But you started DJing, I would say. It was after college, right? It was yeah. like it was like during college. I think it was like oh. my senior year. Okay. I started because um did How you did ever you meet, get into that? Did you ever meet Roman Jody, Australian guy? Um has a brand Jody Just. Wait, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he he was already DJing. He had well, he just got into it okay. publicly. He I mean, he was like when I first met him, I think my sophomore or junior year, he was doing it in his bedroom and he was practicing and stuff. And I thought it was cool or whatever. He wasn't playing anywhere publicly. Mm-hmm. And then I think my senior year, he started playing publicly. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, he was teaching me how to do it. He would let me, you know, come in and play a couple songs. When I kind of got better at it, I bought my own little, you know, little controller from yeah. you know Amazon or eBay or whatever it was like 50 bucks yeah. <laughs> but it was just like see if I, I didn't know if I liked it or not yeah, and right. was, why would you waste any money if mm-hmm. you don't even know so I just like was experimenting or whatever yeah and then uh I realized I liked it and then he was playing at kind regards at the time and then he left for Australia and then they kind of they started asking me to uh to play and I also mm-hmm. went to school with uh, one of the managers there which is funny we went to FIT together and Dalton knows <laughs> Dalton knows everyone under the sun <laughs> literally so but yeah that's awesome Roman planted the seed and then I you know I, I got more curious about it I mean I, I obviously you can't have a piano in here obviously you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know where my saxophone went at this point but you know what I mean it's like this New York is not a great place for musical instruments yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> and your neighbor's not for singers yeah, so, you, know. yeah. you hear her in the background <laughs> of this episode so it's just easier I mean it's it's I miss playing the music and so um so it's just easier to have you know a little DJ set up in my apartment mm-hmm. and then you've got every single song you could ever want at your fingertips you know what I mean there's no yeah hauling anything around there's no I mean it's just not a big setup right and I think like Sam and I both really like music and always have and I think there has to be some kind of like energy thrill that comes with playing a DJ set versus playing the saxophone like yeah 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 totally it's um it's definitely different when I when I used to play in like uh jazz band (laughs) or played in a combo for a jazz combo for a little bit I mean, everybody's there to um, to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not yeah. really. I mean, people get into it. You know, <laughs> kind of moving their seat. I've only known Tom since he's had like long hair and these cool glasses. I had a shaved head back then. Like, like a faux hawk. I had a faux hawk. I'm trying to imagine playing the saxophone. <laughs> I know. And I, like, Are you good? I I was okay. Okay, that's I was, humble. I was good. Yeah, I was like, are you <laughs> People come to listen and not to party. Party, right? And so and I, <laughs> I've always been a partier, and I definitely when I moved out here, that was a part. I mean, I don't know. It was one of those things where I came out here and partied a lot. And you go to the clubs, and then the person that is really controlling the entire party is DJ. Yeah, and you're standing there like you know. And this is a weird, maybe weird question, but. 
How how do you know everyone? Is I it just went out a lot? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was. That's how that's I was trying to get into. Yeah, <laughs> on the record, like you you went to you went out a lot. You run into people. You run into and people, it's, and that's like a big part of the scene in New York. In New York, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying that if you know who you know, I mean friends, but I'm just saying that yeah. if you go out, you have a chance to have a lot of friends from different places. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because you can run into people on the street every day and not really have, I mean, that's the thing here. Everybody's like, Oh, they're so mean. They're so standoffish. They're so, but it's only I've ever experienced from the people that you encounter casually. And the more people you can encounter in an intimate on an intimate level is that really gives you the chance to have meaningful connections with as many people as you can. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think of it like friend collecting because some people are, oh, you, you know, you try to talk to a lot of people, but that doesn't mean. But you are genuine. Yeah, you well, can. Not, I was going to say, I think the reason like Dalton knows so many people and so many people know Dalton <laughs> that is was because he makes you feel like I've probably interacted with Dalton like five times. <laughs> Four of which are like <laughs> at his DJ yeah. Like, hey, can you play this song? <laughs> but the fact that I'm like, oh, come over to my apartment, film this podcast. Like your personality just lends itself to like making friends probably because you're genuine and like authentic and fun to be around. And Might so be therefore, Midwest thing. Because you like that is. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Midwesterner. But yeah. I do think that's true. And I think that like New York gets a bad rap for that. But yeah, mm. the more... Um, yeah. It is, because you just encounter so many people every day. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to be nice to the person that's sitting next to me on the subway. If they right. if they want to talk, I don't want to talk to you. But at the, at, I mean, the same person at a bar, if they're next to me when I have a conversation, absolutely, you know. Yeah, yeah. right. So you've been now DJing publicly for like three, two years. Two it's been like two years. Okay. Two and a half, maybe. Are you, do you think that you want to kind of move towards getting into the music industry or do you still see yourself in fashion like five years from now? I don't know. Honestly, right now it's, it's this kind of like weird turning point, even in music, right. Where I, I, I love DJing so much, but I want to like take it to the next level mm-hmm. of, you know, playing like before, I think it was just kind of like adjusting. Right. And then now I want to take it to the level where I'm, I'm like in control, you know what I mean? Of the music, of the people, like it's just everything. And mm-hmm. I think it's taken me a little bit because I I guess nobody I don't know, like I, I, I just kind of need to get on that next level person for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what, what I mean? What does that look like in music? Um is that like curating a party? Like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I tried mm-hmm. I tried doing that like Back when I first started DJing, mm-hmm. I did like the Tuesdays and I would hire, you know, promoters and, you know, it, that was fine. But mm-hmm. I think it was too soon. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had mm-hmm. only been playing for like six months or a year before that. And like, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that year was like me practicing and me trying to get more comfortable with mm-hmm. the equipment and myself and knowing what people liked and the songs that people liked. And then, then, then I started, you know, throwing the Tuesday parties at kind of regards and I feel like I, back then it didn't, but now it does. It felt like it was too early, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could have had better music. I could have had better curation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just one of those things where you kind of grow with the crowd. Right. Yeah. And now that I've been at Kind Regards for almost, I don't know, like two and a half years or something like that, mm-hmm. I know what kind of people are there. And I know how I can, you know, better better curate an environment for them knowing the people that are there knowing what they like knowing what I like right and knowing you know what they want to hear yeah 
What would you say, well, let's do two questions. First, what was like the best set that you've played so far? Most fun night? That's probably a hearty question. But second question being, to get the thoughts rolling, would be what's like the dream venue for you? As of right now in New York, not necessarily like you can control the crowd, everything, but like, I don't think your style is like, oh, it'd be so sick to DJ Marquee. Maybe that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) That was like last year, I really wanted to do that. And this this year I played One Oak and and Up and Down, which is so funny because- I was there at One Oak. You were there at One Oak. (laughs) Yeah. Because back back in college, before I even had started playing at all, even in like even as a bedroom DJ, before yeah. I even had the thing, I was like, oh my God, it would be so cool to play yeah. here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, also because like the energy at those places, like the crowd is always like good. Yeah. It's so I good. get that too. And but. I think it's important to like sometimes sit back and acknowledge like what you were saying mm. four, four or five years ago. You're like, that'd be so cool. And you did it. And I think some people get to a point of, oh, I did this. And then you just keep going. Right, and you don't acknowledge right. that you actually accomplished it. Yeah. And then it's so, actually so sick that you DJ yeah. in regards, which is mostly everyone. I feel like are you just favorite bar. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so fun to go, go there. And then yeah. you get to be like a part of that experience every time. I know? think in the past year, it's, it's really blown up, which is yeah. funny because when I first started there, I don't think, I mean, a lot of people were going there. But like n- nobody that I knew, yeah. And now it's like everybody that I know. That's like that's yeah. like the spot because I think everybody's kind of trying to rotate out of these, you know, out of Butter Group, Tau Group, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Because I mean, that's always been the younger crowd. I mean, that's always been, you know, your first exposure to partying mm-hmm. in New York. Just how how the business runs mm-hmm. at those clubs. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. With the, you know, the young girls and the promoters and the, you know, it, it's just like very yeah. easy for young people to go to these places because it was easy for us. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? I know. And also I mean, it's so hard for guys to get in. And yeah. I think it's so funny. <laughs> Got in everywhere. Because <laughs> you know everyone. But yeah, but going back to Megan's question. Yeah, what, what would, what's been your best night night in dj set best night oh man that's hard i know well it's also part part of like the segment of the raw and real podcast is we ask the guests for the most raw and real moments Mm -hmm. so like maybe that was a night that you thought was going to be the best night ever and then no one showed up for some reason yeah or like okay most (laughs) rawest moment of dj yeah (laughs) You have, you have that. Probably. I Yes, I have that one. Everyone can think of that one. I know. Honestly, <laughs> so you remember the lows and sometimes the highs just go quickly. Yeah, yeah like, no, that's so true. That's very true. And the worst time ever, I think, was, uh, I think it was like my first or second time at Kind Regards. Wow. Um, before they had started. Now they have this whole different, this whole different like programming schematic where they have, you know, like two upstairs DJs, two downstairs DJs. And then, you know, it kind of flows through. But before that, I think they just had one person all night downstairs and one person all night upstairs. I think that's how it was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But it was my very first time ever like playing downstairs on a pretty large sound system. I mean, it's, I mean, you know how it is down there. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not huge. It's not small, but the sound system's really good. Yeah. The bass is kicking. Like it's, it's, it's really, it's pretty high quality down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the first time I'd ever had an opportunity to play on something like that. So it's like, it's so different when you can't, when you don't have a good, you know, booth monitor, when you, when you don't have, when you're not used to playing on the sound system 
and it sounds so different. All the effects on the on the mixer sound different. Um, it's it's much more dramatic when you try to you know mess with the EQ. Like it's mm -hmm. it's so it's so much more different than playing on a small system like they have upstairs. So I went down there, messed up big time. It just was not good. I it was a mess up. Like when the songs don't come in at the same time. Like I was just too yeah. new. I was just yeah, too yeah. new. It was bad songs. For that. I didn't even have enough music. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was not even enough music to play all night. I don't know why I thought I could do it, but it was like, you know, I'm not going to say no. It's like I've gotten to certain points in my life because I just wing it sometimes yeah, yeah, and, right. you know sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's good but this time it was really bad and I always think of it because I'm like holy shit you know I've I've had um you know two years it's been two years since that moment I had probably like 25 songs on my USB back then and now I have like 4,000 songs wow. and it's just funny because <laughs> two years you know you have this one but you need that one moment yeah, right yeah. you need that one moment that's like oh wow you really need to get your ass up or something. yeah yeah that's wrong but like you had been there it would have been extremely wrong like yeah. <laughs> talking about it talking about it now is is you know is funny but yeah. um yeah, it wasn't. If then. you were there, it would have been like ten times more raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the realest time, if it hasn't happened yet, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Realest time in five years. Mm -hmm. I'm sober. Haven't had a sip of alcohol in three years. <laughs> um, I'm producing music, and uh, and I've got a mini album out. If I started, I've always I've always wanted to, but I think it's, I'm really terrible at technology and using it. So, mm -hmm. um, like I can barely get, uh, Microsoft Outlook to work. <laughs> <laughs> so Dalton Taylor, so it was 2025. Hard for me. <laughs> 2025, I'm going to master the software. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have all my little synthesizers up and we're going to make it some music. That's amazing. I like it. Good girl. Look, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we thank can't. you, yeah. Dalton, for coming on. Of course. Thank we you We loved so having much. you. This thank is a fun you. episode. Yeah. And um, we'll probably see you out after coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and come come see Dalton play at Kinder Guards on Fridays and Saturdays. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on our podcast, follow Raw and Real NYC on Instagram. We post inspo and love showing you what's going on in our lives. Till next time, keep it real.